In this episode, I want to be talking about what happened in the past months since I recorded the last episode, why that was such an interesting experience and also a struggle. And I'm also going to talk about uh, how I cut down on YouTube watching even more, how I wanted to bring back Twitter and Instagram to my phone, but I didn't, and how I brought more accountability into my life with a key personal metrics sheet. Last but not least, I also wanted to touch on the big topic of new masculinity that I'm currently exploring and making new discoveries. But let's start with the beginning. It's almost a month after I created the last podcast episode, which took me about two weeks to actually publish. And that means, or it doesn't really mean anything, but I struggle a lot with even putting that episode out there. I thought about if I should or should not. I thought about censoring it or not, because it practically was a journaling session in audio form. And I at the time of the recording, didn't necessarily intend for it to be published. If you're interested, this is the episode number 12 that I'm talking about. And it was about how I was struggling to be productive and certain parts of me desired to have a coach or drill sergeant in my life. This is coming back to one of the biggest struggles that I currently face, which is dealing with the potentiality of outside judgment. The funny thing is that it's not necessarily about the real threat of judgment. It's mostly about the potentiality of that to even put something out there. However, my podcast, my YouTube channel, those platforms are my turf and I should be able to publish pretty much anything that I want there. And I'm exploring that idea more and more to actually be able to do that to bring a long-form content piece out there. And if you are interested in listening to this, then that's amazing and really great. But if you're not, then I'm, like, I'm not forcing anyone to listen or to watch my videos. So I am developing that freedom to share more despite the fear of judgment and also... Um, be free in that exploration because this is basically my space it's my uh, corner of the little internet and i can do whatever i want here or for the most part there's a lot of expectation for myself and that has to do with this explore this idea that the thing that i have to offer has to be sensitive like it has to make sense and it has to be useful and it has to be helpful but i'm learning again once more just like i learned last year in the summer basically when i started daily vlogging for about a hundred and something days that not everything has to make sense for everyone and sometimes documenting the journey is actually the best thing that i can do to begin with so if it's enough for myself to create and put out there it may actually have an impact for other people and a quote that i'm coming back or not necessarily a quote, a a paraphrasation that I remembered uh, again and again recently is that a lot of the writers out there, one of them that I remember is Tim Ferriss, wrote at some point that the pieces that he felt the most fierce posting and publishing or when he felt like this 
this is too personal or this is this doesn't necessarily pertain to anyone those pieces are often the most impactful for the readers because they're the pieces that are not necessarily getting written about or talked about on podcasts i experienced that myself in the regards to like everybody loves to make a list of 10 things that are amazing in life or 10 things to improve x or something like that but how many of those people that make those lists actually one go through and do what is on those lists but more importantly how are they experiencing the results of that why are they even exploring the creation of that list and i find much more value in the depth of knowing what is underneath that exploration and also to get to know the person themselves a little better to see what's going on behind the scenes like why is that even helpful why is the list something that's even there is there any struggle that the person that wrote the list themselves has and do they have experience with that ex- uh, that exchange and i'm more and more doing this documentation and wanting to do this documentation because i think that there's an immense value in knowing that not everybody is already perfect and my youtube channel has been that journey uh before and i wanted to make like i wanted to continue on that path and i kind of fell off that wagon and i may or may not come back to that in the future um for the moment i'm i'm not focusing on that specific part because i have more pressing things that are needing attention but generally speaking i love to document this journey and i've mentioned before why that is because it's so easy to get trapped in the perfect life of everyone else and i certainly have fallen to that uh scenario myself that i watch other people on youtube or on instagram and everything that's being shared there is this perfect life and very few people actually feel like they're genuine and honest about so many other things in their life and i feel so much more connected if i know more of what's going like what's what's behind that person and so that's what i'm trying to do here now i want to kind of go into a couple of topics that were interesting over the last 30 days and i kind of wrote myself a couple notes and uh combed through my tweets and thoughts that were going on and the first one that comes to mind was that i cut down on my youtube watching a lot i even unsubscribed from more channels and i'm already not subscribed to that many people and there's a whole discussion about like being a youtuber and supportively subscribing to other youtubers but i don't really subscribe to that idea and i uh, i made an article about that which is on medium um which is this like whole subscriber myth and this subscribe for subscribe topic is just ridiculous to me but that's not the topic for today i'm not just freeing myself from time of watching those videos i'm also freeing myself from the impact those videos have on me and that's more important than one might think it has the same impact that news and media have because seeing is always something that also impacts my brain in some way or another the main thing that i've happened to notice over the years at this point is that i follow certain youtubers or instagram um influencers for a certain amount of time and 
as I do so, I get really engrossed in their lives and I really admire what they have or I really envision myself having certain aspects of their lives in my life. And the difference, though, is that I, at some point, cannot differentiate anymore between their vision or like their life and my own vision of my own life. Because they have a certain amount of fame or they have a certain amount of success. And I start to attach the idea of those successes or those um, life choices to the success itself. Let's say living in a certain city means that you will be successful because that person that is successful lives there. And obviously that's not necessarily the case at all. And I have had that experience with all kinds of places around the world and with different influencers, with different um, with different things that they have been doing, like being an Instagram influencer to begin with is one of those things that I thought that I wanted to be that and that that's really important to me. Turns out that at the moment I'm retracting from those platforms and I don't really want to be someone who just takes nice photos of the world and travels. I want to do something that is more meaningful in my opinion or in my worldview. And this kind of reminds me of minimalism because in minimalism, it's reducting, like reducing the things in life. And by doing so, you focus on the most important things that actually bring value to you in your life and for what you want to be doing, accomplishing, or how you want to be living. It's in many ways about shedding things that we have learned to need or want. In the minimalism area, it's cars, big houses, new clothes, and stuff like that. There are certain living standards that we subscribe to as a society, and many minimalists are stepping away from that topic. The other term that comes to mind is essentialism, where you not only focus on little, like as little as possible, but you focus on what is essential to you. So at, at some point, I started to ask myself, like, what do I actually desire to have? Do I really want to have the car or do I want financial freedom because I can use the money that that car would cost me to build that financial freedom over a longer period of time? Do I really want to have the beach lifestyle with a laptop or does it really feel in my core that I want to be a village person and the beach lifestyle looks cool, but it's not actually my core inner being? Letting go of these inputs that social media personalities have on my life is a big step for me and it is a continued step that I continue to take and that I'm I'm continue to explore because it's certainly not over. I I am still subscribed to certain people on social media and I don't see myself completely uh pulling away from that. Um I find it still interesting to follow certain people Sometimes a little more from a distance, where it's, for example, like what I get, like what I get suggested from the YouTube algorithm, rather than what I'm subscribed to, because when I'm subscribed to someone, I get every single video, and I'm sometimes I don't really want to see every single video. Maybe I want to see one every couple of months. So, in general, with this idea, I try to focus on a new kind of minimalism, a new kind of essentialism that's also 
transported to the digital realm, to the consumption of things, consuming the media that I want to be consuming, uh, choosing books or audiobooks over Instagram, Twitter, or sometimes even YouTube, and choosing to watch a series on Netflix rather than just another five-minute video of something that you need to know or someone's life that's also awesome. Interestingly, around this exploration, I also thought about bringing back Twitter and Instagram to my phone. This especially happened after I was asked to speak on an event about Instagram and how I um, use it at this point, how one can use that platform in general. And I thought to myself, well, I better use it if if I'm going to talk about it, right? Um, The effect, however, was rather negative, at least from my perspective. I was tied to my phone much more after bringing back those two applications. I noticed myself mindlessly scrolling very easily. And I also noticed that thinking about creating stories or similar um, things like new posts, new tweets, and stuff like that, it was disrupting my clear-headedness and what I actually wanted to be doing in my life. And I more and more find myself leaving my phone uh, turned off or put to the side without those applications on there. But with them on there, I feel like I have to continuously put something there. And I notice that I'm much more of someone who wants to create in a certain time frame. And that's usually taking a proper camera, um, creating a video, creating a podcast, creating a um, photo, editing those things on my computer, and then I can also publish them from there. And this is much more of a like the business way, or at least that's the way that I could describe it. It's the way that it has a productivity workflow rather than the consuming part. I I notice myself more and more going away from having access to any kind of feed rather than just the ability to post something new, which in my case with Twitter and Instagram, I do that with Buffer. And on YouTube, obviously, I uh, upload the videos directly. I do have clients for Instagram as well as Twitter on my computer as well, where I can interact with tweets, uh, I can interact with replies or um, with direct messages on Instagram or comments. However, I notice that I'm I'm much, much less drawn to the feeds when I'm on my computer because I know that there's other things that I want to be doing and I want to be focusing on. And for some reason, it feels much easier there than on my phone. So I deleted these apps again. And now I'm, like I said, still using those services on my computer, but in a much more limited fashion. And that feels really good. And it's the way that I want to keep it for now to kind of like interact and be there, but at the same time not be there and have that uh, control my life too much. Then in the process of bringing more accountability into my life, like I mentioned in the 12th episode, the last episode before this, I kind of felt like there's no uh, control in my life. I need a drill sergeant. And um, this month, in February, I actually attended a keynote event at the local Founders Center that's currently being newly created uh, close to the university in Hof, where I currently live, uh, called Einstein Eins, and they created a and they created a keynote about online marketing, 
And one of the things that they talked about there, which is not necessarily online marketing itself, but they talked about a KPI spreadsheet. And it's basically key performance indicators where you track subscriber numbers, the views of uh, how many new views you had this month or something like that, how many downloads the podcast episode had in a specific week or month, depending on how granular you want to go. And this idea really resonated with me. It took a couple of days for me to kind of like process that and and find my own reasoning behind it. But there was one thing that really resonated with me in what they told us about those sheets, which was that you actually have to take those numbers into your own hands. And that really felt important because the numbers are accessible on all those various platforms. You have the subscriber numbers on YouTube, you have the follower numbers on Instagram, the downloads of podcasts, maybe the client hours you worked. All of those numbers are somewhere. They're tracked, they're available, maybe you use Social Blade for YouTube and Instagram. Whatever podcast host you have probably shows you the download numbers. The problem, however, is like they're on different platforms and you have to go there specifically. And this, like the simple availability of those numbers doesn't really help you to actually process them and experience them. Interacting with them, even just copying them from wherever you get the number from to the sheet, manually probably is the best idea because then you actually take them into your hands, basically. That gives you a connection to those numbers. I'm just now testing this out and I am only have been doing this for uh, on a monthly basis. I might start to do it on a weekly basis, but at this point right now, I felt like I wanted to kind of like just get a feeling for the experience and tracking on a monthly basis. Is, so like all the numbers for January, collecting them on the 31st of January, and then all the numbers of February, I'm going to collect on the 28th of February. So I can compare how many downloads I had in January versus how many downloads I had in February. And I can also compare how many episodes I actually uploaded. So I can see if that had an impact or something. And I can also see general trends at some point when I have more data available. On this note, I'm also listening to the book Deep Work by Carl Newport. And that's on Audible. So if you want to kind of check that out there, you can find it. He talks about something to like differentiate the type of uh, metrics you want to be tracking. Because there's a very distinct differentiation uh, between a metric like number of subscribers or amount of views or downloads versus the amount you actually worked on something. Even something like published videos is not the same. Because what happens is that some of those metrics you can actually control, but they're very far removed from the process. Some of those metrics you don't really control. The number of subscribers is outside of your control. You can hope for 10 new subscribers next week, but it's not said that that's going to happen. You can put an amount of energy towards that, whether that's uh, meditating and wishing or like meditating and, and feeling into that energy and imagining those subscribers and finding them in, the, in like a vibration sense, which is a totally um, abstract idea for me. And it's incredibly hard to fathom, but I've heard a lot about and there's the other way, which is you can make efforts to actually increase those numbers. But all of those things are very far removed from what you actually have control over. And the one thing that you do have control over is the time spent on making a new video, the time spent in deep work mode, the time spent creating 
whatever content or work you want to be creating, whether that's videos, writing, uh, coding something, whatever there is, you can control how much time you spend doing that. And as Carl Newport writes in his book, uh, for him, that was something that he especially wanted to increase in terms of publication amount, like how much studies or like how much research he gets published in one year. And he marked a huge success for himself when he started tracking his time spent in deep work rather than the amount of publications that he had. Because time spent in deep work, it was something that he was able to increase because he was aware of it once he started tracking it. So he knew, well, last week I only spent 10 hours in deep work. So next week I want to spend 12 hours of deep work and that will in turn eventually increase the number of publications or it will increase the quality of my publications. That whole concept was incredibly interesting to me and I certainly subscribe to this idea that tracking just the number of subscribers or the number of views, downloads or whatever you can track is something that you're removed from but what you can control is the time and effort you put into something. I'll see how this experiment works itself out and how it will impact my work. Right now I only have the data for January in my sheet as February comes to a close, I will also have the first trend and see if there's any um, variation or change. And I will see if I will start tracking all those numbers on a more granular level at some point, which maybe it's going to be a weekly or even a daily practice where I especially want to be thinking about tracking my uh, the amount of hours spent doing productive work, essentially. And the tool that I'm using for that is toggle and right now I'm only tracking client hours because I need to bill those and uh, I'm actually thinking about tracking my own personal hours spent on personal projects as well. However that always brings up a overhead and so that's a little bit of a push and pull where I want to be deciding whether or not it's worth it to do that but based on these ideas and based on my reading about deep work it might actually be very beneficial to know how much time I actually spend on creating a podcast episode, how much time I spend on researching something for a video or creating a class on Skillshare. Now to close all of this, let's jump in topic and, and discussion again because the last one is circling back to the struggles that I had in publishing the last episode, uh, which was the episode number 12 and why it took me 12 days, I think, or something like that. It's like, something ridiculous like almost two weeks between recording the episode and actually bringing myself to publishing it. There's two important things that come to mind around this topic. One is the new masculinity and the other one is that I've been on an incredible journey to more self-knowing for the past two or three years, probably even longer, and uncovering more of myself to come to the core being of who I want to be. I also recently watched the documentary The Mask You Live In as well as read the book Mask of Masculinity by Lewis Hose and both of those were incredibly powerful in understanding more of who I am and how life has shaped who I am today and also how I can maybe unshape certain parts of that. Understanding where in my life I have put up a mask was one step. 
but more importantly, understanding where I have created one after having felt judgment. And this is a really important distinction between those two things, because understanding that there is a mask is something that can help to maybe work on clarifying where that came from. It can also help to check in with yourself to see whether or not that mask is interesting for you or important, uh, or if you want to keep it around. But what I noticed for myself was that I actually wanted to understand when did I create the mask to begin with. Finding out where this was, was incredibly freeing. Some of those masks that I noticed for myself were created when I was 13 years old and I was in a school class of people where there were 28 people and you didn't have any way out for the next three years. You had one social circle and that was it. There, there's just nothing that you really can do. You're pretty much powerless in that situation as a 13-year-old kid. The judgments or the masks that I created around that time, uh, for example, are that I noticed that if I like romantic movies, I'm not masculine enough. That I like standard dance or ballroom dancing, and that's something that men generally don't really like, and you're not supposed to like that. Even though I, I felt those judgments, I still went ahead and did that for many years. And that was already a step where I chose my own path, so to speak. And I did not accept the mask that was generally adapted or to, or like that was generally accepted to have on. It's also the topic that I want to be talking about and the explorations I want to be making, uh, even if the ideas are radical or there is a certain judgment that I preconceive, like I, I feel like there's a judgment in the air or I expect a judgment, but I wanted to be able to make my own mind and I want to make a open discussion about something and actually be able to share what's, what's going on in my head. And I want to be free of the judgment that may or may not actually come. However, all of those judgments, whether or not I, I'm allowed to like a certain type of movie, whether or not I'm allowed to make a certain exploration around a topic, whether uh, like one example that comes to mind is whether or not alcohol is something that we should or should not be drinking or whether or not we should or should not be smoking or what ideas may or may not come together around those topics. It's incredibly hard for me to, to censor all of those things. And it's something that I want to be exploring and I want to feel the freedom to do that. And I want to feel the freedom to like whatever fucking movie I want to like. I understand that there's topics like toxic masculinity. Uh, there's the perceptions about men in the world that have shaped who I have come to be around that. And it's also the social norms and limitations uh, that are in the world. And it's not just about masculinity. There is so much more to learn on this topic, and I'm sure I will circle back to this in the future because it is something that I have not fully grasped yet, and I'm not quite sure where I want to take this exploration in the future. Um, I just know that it's incredibly interesting to break down the walls and the masks that I've been wearing for such a long time because I feel fuller in myself to express and stand true to who I am, to be more powerful in myself, to feel more free, 
And with all of that, I believe that I can actually build better things for everybody involved. This is not just something that is for myself. It feels like I am also creating my freedom to actually be more helpful to others as a result of that. And the funny twist that I've also read about at some point in the in a couple of years ago was that we are oftentimes extremely shy around the people that we know best, that are our family, that are our friends. We don't go out of the lines because those people tend to be the ones that push us back into line. And the funny thing, however, is that they are usually the people that love us most, that want us to succeed. They just don't see how that might look like uh, the way that we are currently exploring. I, for myself, know that, for example, in my family, nobody is in an online business world the way that I am. And so that's a topic that's constantly being questioned. And I have to kind of defend myself or stay strong. And I'm doing exactly that. I'm staying strong in my belief that what I'm doing is the right path for me. And it's something that I want to be exploring. It's something I want to be building. And I know that there's people that have been successfully able to do those things. And so I, I am pushing back. I'm explaining what I'm doing to the people that are around me, even though they're in disbelief or questioning or wondering some, maybe even judging what I'm doing and exploring. But eventually, I probably will end up happier than if I were to just choose the path of least resistance and not do those explorations to begin with, not choose what feels right for me, but instead choose something that is easy because someone else made the path for you. Maybe it's because you like studied something that your parents wanted you to study. Maybe you chose a job because it was easy because your uncle is the boss of the company or something like that. If you have those kind of things in your life where you want to make a new choice for yourself, maybe it's time to look to empower yourself to go deeper because eventually you will be fuller in yourself and that also will be you in a happier state. And I cannot really speak from my own experience yet, but eventually I believe that you being happier is something that everybody around you will love too. And that is incredibly powerful, but you will never find that out if you always stay within your bounds, stay within your mask, uh, allow others to hold you back, whether that's with judgments, with masculinity masks, with a perception, social norms, or anything like that. If you break free, you become a truer version of yourself, and that's when you actually start to blossom into your own life. Now, I'm almost questioning myself, why do I talk about all of this? And I want to kind of like make clear what uh, one of the reasons is that I'm exploring all these things. And that is that I want to share that not everything is easy. Just like I shared in the last episode, number 12, I struggled. I'm far from perfect. And I want others to know that because I've been in that bubble for far too long where much of what I see online is perfect. The perfect life, the success, the money, the no worries, having the best gear available and already having hundreds of thousands of subscribers on YouTube uh, or sales on books or customers for your online business, whatever that may be, or any other success that you strive for. 
I think it doesn't really help to just always push and look at motivational speeches or empowering uh, thoughts through whoever you want to follow online. There are so many who are doing that. But I've learned that understanding the reasons and past events that have made me is incredibly powerful to understand and unravel those experiences to now reframe them in meditation and in, in emotional work a little by little and bit by bit and to give reinforcement to support those past parts of myself. Oftentimes it's younger parts of myself that have experienced some type of judgment. Sometimes it's my current self and a reality check-in, maybe some fear setting that Tim Ferriss uh, talks about in his uh, TED Talk or one of his TED Talks. And with every step forward in that new light, with new energy and freedom, I hope that something can grow and you can too step into that for yourself. So with that being said, please feel free to contact me. All my information for that is on my website, which is linked in the show notes. And if those explorations uh, are interesting for you, please subscribe to this podcast. I'm currently still creating new ideas as to what this format should look like and what I would like to share on here and how that will come to flourishing. As you can probably notice based on what I've been talking about in this episode, I'm striving to be extremely transparent and honest about all kinds of things here. And I've also been collecting names of people who I would like to interview uh, about similar topics that, than the ones that I've been exploring here um, to kind of like understand how people live life and how they went through struggles, how they went through growth and, and how they're making whatever they're making. Because it's not necessarily interesting what they made in the past, but much more to see where someone is right now and what the process means for that individual. I also will stick to making these kind of solo episodes to share my path and adventures in self-knowing. And again, if that's interesting to you and all of the explorations that are going on here, please feel free to subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you are listening to podcasts, whether that's Overcast, iTunes, I think it's on Spotify too. And yeah, just check it out there. And I'm also actively working on other things like my YouTube channel, as well as my classes on Skillshare, which can be found also on my website, which is chrisspiegel.com. And that is also in the show notes. I really appreciate you listening in and I hope you could receive something from this. I wish you an amazing day and until next time. Bye. Bye.